Amen. Thanks, Tony. Uh, as he just said, I'm Austin Snively. If y'all weren't here earlier, I'm the student ministry director here at Redeemer and excited to be back up here with y'all this morning. It's been a while since I have. But uh, we're continuing our series in Mark that we've titled Walk in His Ways. And what we're doing is just going through the book of Mark and looking at the life of Jesus, how he lived, and considering what it means to really be followers of him, imitators of him. And I, I think it's clear what he's after as we've gone through it so far. He's bringing the kingdom of God. He said it uh, a couple times in those first couple of chapters, and that includes a whole person change, whole being renewal in, in us, his people. And I, this is more than just uh, getting it in your head. It's more than just doing the right things. It is, he is changing the core of who we are. And as we come this morning uh, to a text you're probably familiar with, it absolutely forces us to wrestle with Christ. says about how we hear him. That, that includes how we listen for his voice, to his voice, and what else we're listening to. Uh, so we'll, we'll look at the text in Mark 4 this morning. And the great thing is, um, probably because I'm a rookie, Drew gave me a passage where Jesus actually gives us the answer and tells us what he means, uh, which is, is really nice. Uh, so let's read this morning from Mark chapter 4. It's on the back of your worship folder there. Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him so that he got in a boat and sat by the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them in many things and many parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow and he sowed some seeds that fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. The other seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it out and yielded no grain. And the other seeds fell in good soil, and they produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. And when he was alone with those around him, the twelve asked him about the parables, and he said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that indeed they may not see, but not perceive, or they may see, but not perceive, and may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves and endure for a little while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And the others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who, when they hear the word, they hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things enter in and choke the word. And it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said to them, is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone here has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be given and added to you. For the one who has, more will be given. And for the one who has not, even that will be taken away. Uh, the grass withers and the flower fades. For the word of our God stands forever. Uh, so as we start chapter 4, there's some, there's some heavy things in what Jesus says there. And 
what we really encounter is a shift in his teaching. The first three chapters, they've been really clear teaching, right? He claims to be God. He forgives sins. He proclaims the kingdom. He says why he's here. And then he even performs miracles to confirm what he's saying. But he's mixed. He's met with some mixed responses, including somewhere in chapter 3, it says, so they conspired to kill him. So there's been a problem with the listening of the people he's teaching. And so in chapter 4, we see this shift to parabolic teaching. And these parables, they aren't really clear. There's a hiddenness to them. He calls them a secret. There's a mystery involved. And we can see there's this meaning under the meaning of what he's saying. And that's what he says in verse 10. There's insiders and there's outsiders. And the gospel makes sense to those who are on the inside who have been given the secret and does not to those who haven't. It really reminds me, growing up, my dad, um, and I didn't tell him I'm going to do this, so, yeah. Uh, My dad spoke in phrases we called Joshisms, and they were just his funny way of saying something that if you were not a part of our family, you would have thought he was crazy. They just did not make sense. But if you were part of our family, they made perfect sense. He knew what he meant. They were a way of reminding us who we were, how the world works, and just called us back to reality. But we were insiders. It made sense to us. But to people outside, it wouldn't have. Uh, He'd say things like, slicker than a grease BB, uh, can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. They just, they were funny sayings. But they helped us realize the truth of the world around us. And that's what Jesus gives us in these parables. And because of the way he's teaching all throughout the passage, we're met with this call to listen well, to tune our hearts to hear the sound of his voice and not other voices in the world around us. And I think what we'll see in these stories is that the Christian life really comes down to preparing the soil of our hearts to hear him well. Because good receptive soil, like we see in the parable, it doesn't just happen. Something has to come along and act on the soil to make it good. So the soil of our heart is being cultivated by something, and Jesus says it is what we listen to and how we listen to it that shapes the soil of our hearts. That's what builds it. And that's why Jesus issues the warnings to pay attention of how we hear and what we hear. Because what you consume, what we consume, it's shaping us. It's shaping what we believe. And we live in a world that is just full of content. I mean, the the phones that we have just make everything so accessible at the drop of a hat. And it can get crowded with all those voices. It can get busy. And so I think this passage about listening really is just as important today as it was then. I think the main point is this, that Jesus has come to bring the kingdom of the gospel and he wins us over to it, but the kingdom, it comes by hearing. Ultimately, the word isn't going to return void. We see it produces abundant harvest and the kingdom does win out, but we have to consider how it comes. So as we look at the text this morning, we'll see a few things. It's important what we hear, the word of the world, how we hear as insiders or outsiders, and that we're changed by our hearing, that we're hearers and doers of the word. So first what we hear, the word or the world. In this parable of the sower, it really is about the state of our hearts. Jesus' emphasis on listening here communicates what we've said, right? What we listen to shapes us. He starts with listen, behold, in verse 3. That's two words grabbing your attention, saying this is really important, emphasizing the need to pay attention. In some variation of those two words, listen, hear, they're used ten times in this passage, and that really says this is the point. That repetition is key to understanding what Jesus wants us to take away from the passage. And I think it is. Hearing well is the point of this this passage. And that's why he ends the parable 
with he who has ears, let him hear. Be careful how you listen. And I think it's important to distinguish the idea of listening or hearing here. It's not just hearing a voice. Uh, it, it is some sort of intent, active listening. And there's two different words in the, in the original language that uh, Mark uses to communicate that there are two different types of hearing. One is this passive, lax listening. Uh, I think about when I listen to podcasts, as I do like yard work or something at home, I can be listening for 30 minutes. And then I will realize I've heard every word and have no idea what they're talking about. That is the listening he's talking about. You can hear everything and never get connected to it. It's like Charlie Brown's teacher, just wah, 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 right? But the other is this active, engaged listening. Uh, like when, when you're immersed in a great story and you just can't wait to hear what happens next. You're hanging on every word. You're at the edge of your seat. And that's the type of listening that he uses to describe the one to whom the mystery of the kingdom is revealed. He even claims the outsider doesn't get his entire existence. His whole, his whole life looks like a parable. It's something that they can't hear well. They don't understand why he does what he does. Nothing about them, him is clear to those who listen passively. And I think what he's saying is you can listen to me with that active intent or you're listening to something else with that active intent and that is what's shaping and cultivating your heart. What are the voices you give weight to? And I think uh, it's important to stop there, too, because we talk about heart a lot in church, but I think it can become something that we talk about and never really think about what it means. And so I, I just want to say, in Scripture, the heart is the core of someone's being, the seat of what we love and the driver of our actions, and that's what he's after. That's what he's worried about being cultivated by something that's not his word. What we listen to, what we give importance to, the voices that we give weight to and interact with, that's what, he's, that's what he's asking us about, asking us to consider. And he's asking, is it him? Is it his word or is it the world? Is it something else that's finding its way to cultivate your heart? And I think that's why this parable and Christ's following explanation, they're so important there. They're a linchpin for understanding the rest of his teaching because it is about listening to him and how you listen to him and how your heart responds to him. And he says, if you don't hear him, your heart is being cultivated by the wrong things. Your heart is hardened and captivated by something that's not his word. And that's the claim. You either hear him or you hear something else, and, and you are either hardened to him or you are excited by him and the word that he's bringing, the kingdom that he's bringing. Because, see, truth, it's not always the easiest or the loudest or the, the quickest thing we find. It can be quiet and small and vague. And that's why in the parable it's a, the, the kingdom is a seed. The gospel is a seed right? The meaning is hidden beneath its shell. It's small. It's seemingly insignificant. But it's also something that is a gradual agent of change. It, when it goes into the soil, it changes the soil around it, right? It, it roots in. The soil is shaped by the plant as it grows, and then it grows and it produces something from it. So the soil of our hearts, if soil is our heart and the word is the seed, it's shaping us. We just have to consider what's being sown on our hearts, and I think he's trying to say the kingdom comes through a soft, gradual change of the seed that is the gospel. It's a message that is far different from the kingdoms of the world around us, right? The world is easy to hear. It makes sense to our sinful, hardened hearts. It's loud, shouting, demanding. 
I mean, I think of our political system right now and just how we talk at each other and how we try to win people over by just beating them over the head with what we believe is the truth. And Jesus says the kingdom comes a totally different way, not by shouting or demanding, but by listening to the gospel and its message. So his question is, are you listening? That's why he, that's why he asked ten times. Are you listening to his voice or are you listening to the world around you? And it's not only what we listen to, though, it's, it's how we listen, right? Are, are we insiders or outsiders? And that's the explanation we see in the seeds and the seed and the soils. Because we see in the parable the sower spread the same seed on four different soils and got four different results. But while three reject the seed, one does produce this bumper crop. The idea is that the seed, there's no problem there. I worked at a, I worked at a research unit at uh, the University of Florida looking at grain. And the, we had to literally plant the seed, kind of seeds that he's talking about here. And on the bags that we would plant, there's a tag. And it had the purity rating of that seed. And if it wasn't high enough, we would not plant it. And if we can figure that out, I can guarantee you the Lord's figured that out too. He is not sowing seed that is bad. The word is good. And I think that's really important to say uh, in, a, in an era where we don't talk about truth as certain. The world around you doesn't believe that. But we can say with certainty the seed is good. And the issue isn't with the gospel that we're hearing. It's the heart on which it lands. So we need to make sure we actually hear him. Jesus is saying, my kingdom is easy to miss and reject. It's something you really have to consider and reflect on and dwell on. And as a result, there's a lot of people who think they've heard him and they really haven't listened at all. And that's just, frankly, that's a scary place to be because it leaves you on the outside looking in. And these soils, uh, they really act like a litmus test for your faith, a measure to make sure we are listening. So we're going to look at 13 through 20 uh, rather quickly and just see these different tests that are presented. And I just to overview them, I think he presents us with the idea of listening with a hard heart, a shallow heart, or a crowded heart in, the, in this parable. And first, the hard heart is, is the path, right? It's, if you picture a path on a dirt road, it is, it is hard packed. Nothing grows on it. It's beat down, it's rote, it's familiar, it's routine. And I think it's, his warning is you can become busy and inoculated about spiritual things and you can come into contact with it regularly and never be changed by it. And that's the danger of a heart that goes through the motions and is too busy and familiar to let anything actually grow. It's possible to encounter the gospel regularly and see it as theolo- uh, whoa, theoretical or intellectual with no personal experience. And I think he leaves the question, have you ever been wowed by the gospel? Have you ever actually felt it in your heart? Have you felt your need of him? Have you experienced his love for you as he makes you aware of your sin, draws you back to him, he makes known to you the story of his love for you? Because if not, you might be listening with a hard heart, but secondly, a shallow heart. And I think... These second two are tricky because they can have the appearance of growth, right? And that's, that's a hard thing to look at, but while this one has the appearance of good soil, it's shallow and no root can take, so no real growth or regeneration happens. And I think this is the other side of a hard heart. This is when faith is all emotional and there's no substance to it. I mean, look, he says they receive it with joy. I think this is the person who hears the word and thinks, that's something I like, so I'm in. 
But in reality, instead of wanting to be a part of God's coming kingdom that Christ is bringing, they want Christ to be a part of theirs, advancing their agenda. And the moment those two things come into conflict, they wilt. Uh, Tim Keller put it this way. He said they see Jesus as a service provider to get what they want out of him. And the moment Jesus fails to provide the expected service in the way they want and the timing they want, they see it as tribulation and trial and they wilt. Because instead of Jesus being their hope, their idols are, Jesus was just the way to get them. And it, it reminds me, Aubrey and I have this little courtyard right in front of our front door and we planted azaleas right there. And three of them grow and look awesome. But one of them, uh, it looked good to start and then summer in Florida happened, and it was 1,000 degrees every day. And that plant on the end started to just wilt. And no matter what we did, it kept wilting. And come to find out, there was actually concrete under the plant in the dirt that we didn't know was there. And so the roots couldn't grow. They were stunted. And it was just such a vivid picture of what Jesus is describing here. If there's no depth to it, if there's no substance to it, if you're not really considering the words that he's giving you, then he'll wilt. Uh, and then also the, the crowded heart. This is the thorny ground, the weedy ground. And I think this one's important because this world of so many voices that we live in, it's really easy to have a crowded heart. We're being discipled by our phones more than the gospel for the most part. We're, we're choked out, intrigued by the gospel maybe. Come to church, consider it, but we can't give up the cares and desires of the flesh. And it's just, it reminds me of what Jesus says about serving two masters. You can't. You can hear his echo in this teaching. And again, this one's hard. They, these people might look like Christians. But they haven't been able to turn their life over to Christ in reality. He's just given a part of it. He's part of brand me, right? And as we said, Jesus, he's bringing his kingdom. And if he's bringing a kingdom, that means he's a king. And if he's a king, he has authority. And he says that you have to turn your whole life over to him when he comes to establish his kingdom. And you're either in and you're out. There's no fence riding. And if, you, if you're not all in, what's the other master? What is dividing your heart? What is crowding him out? Right? What's holding you back from giving yourself over to him? Because Christ says there's no fruit born from these, even though they look the part on the outside. Looks can be deceiving. Maybe it's work, you're determined to be known and respected, and so you, you're a workaholic and serve that idol at the expense of spiritual health. Maybe it's the opinion of others. You're so worried about what people think of you, you, you give in to what they desire more than what the God of the Bible tells us is a good way to live. Maybe it's the way culture views sex, and we can't give that part over to him, and why does it really matter anyways? Maybe it's the call of just cultural influencers. Like we said, there are so many voices that you're convinced that truth doesn't come just from the word, but from somewhere else. And I, I just feel like we need to say this at this point. If you believe you're losing to turn to Jesus and forsake your idols, then you've totally missed the point. And you risk being on the outside because he is worth so much more than the created things that crowd a heart. He really is the gift. His coming is the gift and when we're presented with the gospel, the question becomes, do you hear him truly? Does your heart respond to the gospel or does it respond to the world? 
Does it see his call as good or does it see it as less than? And like we said, we're talking about something way greater than just intellectual assent or moral change. We're talking about whole being renewal. About tuning our hearts into the song of his love for you and the work that he's done for you. And he's asking, do you hear my heart? Because the seed being sown is the gospel. There's nothing wrong with it. It is is good. And we can see when the soil is prepared well, it produces an abundant harvest. The issue isn't with what we're hearing. It is how we are hearing him or what else we are giving weight to. So the question is then, how do we listen? How do we hear as insiders or outsiders, actively or passively? And what the passage seems to say is the only way the soil of your heart is prepared to hear is by the work of the Holy Spirit. And is it he who is shaping you? Or is it something else? Because like we said, soil can't prepare itself. It has to be acted upon. And that is the question. Is it him or is it the world? And we'll keep saying that over and over again. Because I think it really is the point. And if we look at verse 10 again, there's this quote from Isaiah where he explains the parable. And there's this tension between insiders and outsiders. Between the Holy Spirit acting to prepare the soil of your heart and how and what we listen to. There's a mystery given over to those who hear the word and receive it. But those who don't receive it are the outsiders to whom the parable becomes unclear. And it's heavy, but I think it's important to sit in the tension here because Mark doesn't compromise it when he records Jesus' words, and we shouldn't either. There is the fact that we must have Holy Spirit act on us, but we are also shaping the soil of our hearts by what and how we listen to. Uh, The thing is, the parables become unclear because the people rejected the clear teaching, and that's what we've seen in the first three chapters. That's why they said they conspired to kill him. And I think the passage is saying when you fail to hear the clear teaching because you'd rather listen to the siren calls of the world, then eventually you lose your ability to hear him at all. You're turned over to the hardness of your heart instead of the voice of God, and you hear that droning voice of Charlie Brown's teacher just going on. Parables, then they become like stained glass windows. From the outside, they're unclear, they're uninspiring, they're dark. But from the inside, they're bright, they're beautiful, they're clear. Right? And that's why Christ says there's insiders and outsiders. The gospel and the parables make sense to those whose hearts have been cultivated by the right things, by his spirit, and unclear to those whose hearts have been cultivated by the wrong things, the world. And he issues the same warning at the end there in the parable of the lamp in verse 23 and 24. He says, be careful what you hear because the voices that you give weight to, they are how you'll be, they, they are how you'll be judged on the last day. <laughs> and again, that's, that's something really heavy to say, but it's something that we can't avoid in his teaching there. But if we look at that parable a little closer, we can see that... Uh, It doesn't stay hidden. It doesn't stay a mystery. Jesus has come to reveal the kingdom. He is the lamp, right? He he brightens up the whole room. He did not come to stay a secret, and he came to make outsiders insiders, and he can change any of those soils into good soils. And that's the good news of these parables is that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, does move on our hearts to prepare them to receive the mystery of the gospel, and he produces an unbelievable harvest. See, the kingdom, it, only, it hasn't only arrived, it's filled the whole world is what he's saying. In scripture, that word harvest, it's meant to, to 
give us the picture of the kingdom coming. The project that looked hopeless as he walked around and scattered seed in places that it shouldn't have been is actually a triumph for the sower in the coming kingdom. And if that's the business he's in, we ought to consider what it looks like for us to really hear and receive his word because he makes much out of hopeless cases just like us. And that is where we get to at the end uh, as we close. We want to think about how do we hear practically? How do we receive the word practically? Because he says, those who hear my word and receive it bear much fruit, right? What does it look like to really walk in his ways? Because when you encounter Jesus, you're changed. And once you're changed, you will walk in his ways. And the call of the parable is the same. Hear the word and do it. Don't be like the path or the rocks or the thorns. As you are filled with Holy Spirit, you are shaped into someone who really listens and beholds Jesus. He is what will overflow from your heart. That's the promise. And as he works on your heart, he drives you to the places you can really hear him, where you can build up the soil of your heart. And we have these things we call the ordinary means of grace, and we say it is the word, prayer, and the fellowship of believers. He gives us these things so that we can access his grace more and more and be shaped by his voice rather than the voices of the world around us. Right? So we read his word so we can actually hear his voice. That's how he's spoken to us. We pray because it makes his word clear and precious to us. It develops a relationship with him. And we live in a community of believers because he speaks by his spirit through the community to one, each one of us. And it points us back to him. And we call them the means of grace because it's where we can go to get grace. Right? So lean into him because Holy Spirit loves to work in those things and grow us. And know that Jesus says here, the more you are in the means of grace, the more you will grow. That's that statement at the end when he says, pay attention to what you hear. The measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. The more we listen to him, the more it is added to us. Uh, But also, this isn't a faith of consumerism where we're saying we want to walk in his ways and be like him, right? And so if, if he is the sower spreading the gospel, then we have to go out and do the same. We want to be like the true and better sower. And what we see is Jesus walks around with a project that looks like it's doomed from the start. And it actually produces a hundredfold harvest. And that's what we're called to imitate. Go be sowers in the image of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. And sowed unsparingly. Go share the gospel because it is good. That's the call. That's why we evangelize and share it, because the same spirit that drove him to do that now indwells at the heart of every Christian and says we have to go do the same. Because all we can do is let him flow out of us. Share the same gospel to any who will hear and know that he is the one who has the power to change the soil. Uh, And just... As we close, if you haven't heard anything else this morning, hear this. Just take care of what you hear because it's the key to the kingdom. Get past the intellect, get past the emotion, get past yourself and learn to love the sound of his voice. Because the soil's job, it's not to get rid of the rocks. This isn't some self-help project. It's not to weed out the soil. That's the farmer. And that's what he promises to do for you in those means of grace. And all we can do is just go and pray that he does that in our hearts and other hearts as well, that he really does change the soil to produce this abundant harvest. And just know that the hope to hear really just comes from a heart that's prepared to meditate on him.
David, he says the words of God are sweet to him, sweeter than honey. He delights in them. They're wonderful. He listened to the sound of his Savior's voice. And that's what built up the soil of his heart. And that's what Christ is after here. So listen to him. Find his words sweet. And let that be what shapes the soil of your heart. Uh, let's pray this morning. Father, we just thank you for this time to come and be in your word uh, that you've given to us a good word that, that shapes us and who we are, uh, that is coming to change the soils of the hearts of this world from rocky, thorny, weedy, hard-packed ground to fertile soil that produces an abundant harvest as your kingdom comes. Uh, Father, we just pray you would give us ears to hear and know that your word is the agent of change in our, our lives and everyone else's. Uh, Father, we love you and we praise you. In your son's name, amen. Know that we do uh, gain that reward. We are blessed through his sacrifice. And if you are in Christ, then you are his beloved child. And even as you mess up, even as you struggle, your adoption is sure in him. You have gained because of his reward. So adopted children of Christ, hear your benediction and receive it. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you his peace both now and forevermore. Amen. Go in his peace.